Please be advised that the following podcast does contain adult themes and languages. Thank you. Welcome to the Illuminating Mycelium Podcast. The podcast for everyday people by everyday people. I'm your host, Project Dave, and I'm back at it again to continue highlighting and amplifying the lives, ventures, and endeavors of everyday people just like you and me and learning from them along the way. Features Bishop, who is a musician and actor based in Atlanta, Georgia. We discuss his work in music and acting and much more. I highly recommend his music, and I'll be including a link in the description box for my favorite song of his, as well as where you can follow him further and see more of his work. You can also search for him as Everything is Connected on Instagram or SoundCloud. So without further ado, here comes Bishop. When talking about everyday people and their stories, we can't help but talk about all their hard work. So grab a cup of coffee. I often think about what fuels a lot of these everyday folks, as well as what sustains me personally. Coffee certainly helps, but it can't just be any coffee. It's gotta be coffee made by everyday people for everyday people. The kind that when you brew it in a pot, it kind of just draws everyone to the kitchen and they're sniffing that aroma. Our beans are sourced from small businesses in the heart of the Appalachia. My personal favorite, the Route 39 blend from Lexington Roasters is a Forbes top ranked coffee. You can also check the notes on each blend to determine flavor profiles, shipping, and more. Beans are roasted on a weekly basis to ensure freshness. So if you're looking for some extra fuel to aid you in your everyday lives, ventures, and endeavors, go to thegrindbluefield.com backslash shop dash coffee dash roast or click the link in the description to pick out your next coffee beans and brew a pot of happiness. The grind never stops. And we have a very special guest. Um, we have Bishop with us. Um, he is an actor and he also produces music. He's a really cool guy. Um, so Bishop, just to start off, um, let's dive into your background a little bit. Can you just give us a brief introduction of yourself? Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in the southernmost uh, coastal town of North Carolina called Wilmington, Um if you look at a map, it's just kind of a peninsula there. Uh, you know, it was definitely maybe a, a privileged upbringing. Um, went to private school for all, all my life. Uh, eventually went to college at SCAD in Savannah, uh, pursuing an acting career. But uh, I found their courses, I don't know, it's just like having to pay like $50,000 a year is ridiculous. And, you know, school should really be free, honestly. Or if not free, you know, manageable. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so I left. I was school myself, so I definitely know the struggle. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, it just seemed like a, a waste because there's better resources than that for what I want to do. Um, so I just listened to my gut and left. And awesome. So, oh, sorry, I'm I'm in Atlanta now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so now you made made your way out to Atlanta, and you're still doing a little bit of acting, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's my main goal. Uh, I've been pursuing it maybe about eight years or so. Um, you know, 
lot of auditions, maybe like 4,000 or so, and only like booked like three paid things. Um, but, you know, it's a, a long game and it's not an easy path. Um, and I think it, you know, takes kind of some perseverance to actually, you know, get work in that realm. And I, I like that. Yeah, it sounds like it. I was going to say 4,000 is a, a big number for a lot of auditions. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that's maybe an exit, an exaggeration, maybe not. Um, I, it's not like I've looked at the number. It, it is just like, you know, you do a lot of them and the job is kind of like meeting with these people and seeing if you are right for the job. And, you know, I, I find that the audition process is kind of where you have to find the reward in the craft. Gotcha. Now, how did you first become involved in acting? Like, what made you want to pursue that? Uh, well, my older sister did a lot of theater, and um, I, I always enjoyed watching her shows. I thought she was really talented. Uh, she's just four years older than me. And, uh, you know, I definitely was like, oh, wow, she's she's hanging around a lot of really pretty girls. And, <laughs> you know, um, I had a lacrosse coach in middle school and he definitely was kind of dealing with some PTSD from his time in the uh, Afghanistan and Iraq wars. Um, sure. And it was just like a tough time on the lacrosse field with him, honestly. You know, I really liked him as a teacher, but, you know, he could have like these anger spurts and. You know, as a kid, I actually dealt with some anger issues myself. Um, and, you know, you kind of find a way to hone your inner peace and to kind of use that energy in a productive way. For sure. So do you see it as like a positive outlet for yourself, but also others to kind of like express their emotions? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what it is. Um, you know, it's a, a place where philosophy happens. It's a place where you see yourself and how you're perceived you know one kind of unfortunate part of that is that within the film and movie industry and entertainment in general is you know our, our human minds want to categorize everything and so we kind of reduce humanity into stereotypes and so you know when writing for film you're working with stereotypes and you know i think that's something that the culture has battled with for a long time um, but, you know, you have to put as much information into a person that doesn't exist as possible. And how else do you do that than like preconceived notions? For sure. So what are some of the things that you enjoy? Like, what are some of the benefits that you reap from acting? Uh, I mean, you know, I think it's cool because we have the potential to be anyone. It's really a matter of what situation we're in and what the gravity of each situation kind of brings us to do and to become uh and I, I think it's really cool how you know our like linguistic understanding of the ongoings around us define how we react to that stimuli and you know that process is what we call the self like the self is a story we're telling ourselves yeah, I feel like there's a lot of psychology behind acting because when you were just mentioning that, it kind of made me think about, I don't remember the exact quote. I want to say it's from like William Shakespeare, but basically it's like the world is a stage and we're all just actors. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like you're walking on and then once you're off, you're gone. 
<laughs> yeah, another uh, William Shakespeare thing. You know, I don't mean to get into anything too esoteric because it could be kind of <laughs> silly, but I, I think it's fun to play around with is Shakespeare's uh, words, words, words. Um, and I, I think when the beauty in acting is what isn't being said in a scene, um, be it what can't we say to each other or what can't we form into words or like what does someone not know and, you know, the entirety of the world and all we perceive, there's way more stuff we don't know about it than what we do know. And we kind of use that little bit that we do know to navigate every situation. Yeah, that makes sense. What's your uh, favorite Shakespeare act or work? I should say, uh, you know, I, I wish I had like a, a real genuine answer. You know, I'd usually, if I want to just like be off the cuff, I'll bullshit and be like, Oh yeah. Othello. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think I always had trouble with mandatory readings in school and it was more of a matter of someone telling me I have to read this or else I'll be in trouble. So I definitely kind of dodged Shakespeare a bit. And now that I'm older, I've come back into it a bit. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to be like disingenuous about it and say that I have like a favorite. But uh, Macbeth is totally cool. I like how um, Macbeth has like influenced theater superstition. Like you, you don't say Macbeth while you're in a show. I haven't done theater in a long time. I only do film now. Um, but, uh, you know, it its impact on the english language is pretty dope and um the uh, anonymity of who shakespeare is is really interesting too yeah for sure i remember reading you know back in uh high school and college and like you said it was mandatory for us too so i feel like i didn't get into it as much and then like recently as an adult i've been trying to read more because i'm still trying to like fully grasp like the impact that it had and it continue to have on literature. It's really interesting. And, you know, it's really funny because like we can get all academic about it. Um, but he also does a bunch of like really, you know, he, he has some people's humor in there. Like I've been really wondering lately if um, Shakespeare is uh, a dick joke. Like <laughs> the name itself, like shaking your spear. Um, yeah you know that's just Never a passing by that. thought but you know he does do jokes like that in his work and um you know i just gotta wonder he was an interesting dude if i could be mistaken but i could have sworn i saw some article saying that they found like residue of like cannabis in one of his pipes or something oh hell yeah uh i don't know much about that but i'm definitely interested in the subject um you know i Again, I didn't like read much, but when it comes to topics that I actually want to learn about, and cannabis is definitely one of those, you know, I'll definitely dig into a book. And one of the books I really surprised myself with, and I'd recommend it to you, uh, I actually watched the author's funeral on Facebook, not Facebook, oh, sorry, YouTube, not too long ago. Um, and it, his name is Dale Pendell. E-A-L-E-P-E-N-D-E-L-L. Um, you're probably familiar with the guy from Vice, uh, Hamilton. Uh, he, Hamilton Morris, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if the name Pharmacopoeia, where it comes from originally, you know, I, what com conjures to mind is like a cornucopia of pharmacology, like a, a mass gathering of pharmacology. But um, 
Dale Pendell was a decently influenceable uh, author. Uh, sorry, that wasn't like a real work, but you know, he influenced <laughs> people in like kind of more towards the hippie era uh, with some of his books. They go from historic to poetic to scientific to esoteric to tongue-in-cheek humor to speculative so you know maybe someone that's a real staunch academic might not enjoy them but someone that's really just having a good time and want to learn a little bit a little bit about like shamanic plants would really enjoy it um i absolutely tore through these books um while working at my day job you know if there's no sorry if there's no customers in, then, you know, what else to do other than look at my phone than read about topics that I'm not technically uh, supposed to learn about. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. That's like right up my alley. Um, it's kind of funny because like right now, the current book I'm reading, um, I can't even remember the name of it, but basically it talks about how a lot about the history of drugs and yeah how it ties in with religion and mm. it had me thinking too because how you were saying like we're not supposed quote unquote supposed to be studying oh, yeah. these subjects and they're taboo but it, they're very mind-blowing like some of the connections with real evidence that's that's made is just absolutely mind-blowing oh yeah uh dale himself kind of takes uh a bit of a tongue-in-cheek stance i'd say you know i think it's meant with a little bit of humor but you know it's something to think about too that you know like the war on drugs is in part you know not just a racial thing but very much a religious thing too um you know which is weird because this book that i'm reading specifically claims that like at least for like christianity that drugs were like an influential part of the early formation of it this is so ironic you know yeah i mean uh i think on that note uh if you kind of look at uh letters from conquistadors and priests that go to central and south america some of them almost sound like they're a little bit jealous of the magic mushrooms as a sacrament um yeah you know something that can nearly belittle your sacrament or ideology or if paired with it improve it honestly um uh you know it's it's scary because it's powerful do you get much into Terrence McKenna? Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I think <laughs> everyone should take Terrence with a grain of salt. And uh, I love his creativity. And he definitely has genius. You know, I don't want to n- knock that away from him at all. Um, I admire his uh, explorative and speculative nature. Um, I, I think that he's well off to you know, kind of boast that we should all go see for ourselves. Yeah, I think there is one thing that I will say I disagreed with him on. Um, he made a big point saying that culture is not your friend. Hmm. And I feel like culture can be a good thing. It's just obviously humans haven't used it in the right way. But uh-huh. I feel like s- some humans have used culture in a good way, you know, so it's, just, yeah. it's interesting to think about. And I was just bringing it up because uh, I don't know if I had mentioned this before, but how I actually came across you was uh, a friend that I went to middle school and high school with said that I don't know how like his exact words, but basically he said that you and I seem like we have like the same energy and aura. And (laughs) once you started talking about 
you know the shamanic stuff i was like i feel like we're on the same same wavelength yeah (laughs) yeah and even outside of a word as esoteric as wavelength but wave itself you know this cultural push to kind of you know, re- as Terrence McKenna is always like, yeah, you have to reconnect with the uh, the arcane, <laughs> you know, um, in I don't want to get into social justice too much because, you know, there's better people to talk about it than myself. Um, yeah. But in reforming a identity for people like you and I, um, we have to kind of look further back than our most recent ancestors for anything, you know, that feels tangible or redeemable. And, you know, like humanity as a whole is capable of good and evil and atrocities happen no matter your culture. And this is not to deny the, you know, circumstance of the U.S. Um, this is more to say, like. I feel better digging into my Irish ancestors and their heritage than trying to get anything out of like a Southern U S Christianity. And that's kind of for the better of our culture. And I don't want to put any Christians down. You know, I don't mean to be anti, um, like my name's literally Bishop, you know, I, I, I owe something to the past and all of everything happened and led us to right here. Um, but you know, there is interesting stuff that is, to be learned from that stuff is all i'm trying to get at i agree a hundred percent um one thing that it's making me think about as you're talking about this is like over the past i would say year or so maybe two years is that i've actually really tried to dig back a little bit further and i've actually kind of been getting a little bit into paganism more because oh, yeah. you know once you study the history i feel like you see a lot of the bad things that happen but you also see a lot of the good things and i feel like paganism reaching back that was like Mm pre-colonialism and you know and again this isn't to take away from other people's struggles but it's like europeans also suffered from colonialism like everybody suffered from colonialism yeah so i feel like oh sorry sorry you keep on going i don't want to cut oh yeah i was just gonna say so like that's really like studying history and just knowing all this has like really kind of pushed me to embrace like the better aspects of my ancestry, if that makes mm. sense. So I, I definitely get what you're saying. And, right? and acknowledge like the Buddha said that suffering is inevitable. Like it is, we all will suffer. And if we can allow the space in ourselves to hear someone else suffering, then we can potentially tackle problems. Like it is an integral part of that as far as I can tell. And I'm sure, you know, the world's vast, like, even when we're all in the same room, we're all in different rooms because everything we understand comes from the lens of our own experience. And, you know, like anything I say is apt to trigger someone's alarm of, ah, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're just out here trying our best. And I don't want my trying my best to be harmful to anyone. Um, and, For sure. you know, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, just trying to maintain a, a fair amount of inner peace, I think, is a big thing that my music does. Yeah, absolutely. And I was actually just going to segue into that. So, you know, we had covered you being an actor. Do you see a lot of parallels between being an actor and then with your music as well? Do you see the two connected? You're listening to the Illuminating Mycelium Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, you should come check out all of our fresh new merchandise and apparel that just dropped on our store. We've got t-shirts, pants, sweatshirts, hats, 
phone cases, water bottles, coffee mugs, shoot, even blankies, and a ton more. All made with comfy fabrics and premium materials, they feature our signature logos, catchphrases, guest picks, and come in all sizes. Now shipping nationwide right to your doorstep. Just go to illuminatingmyceliumpodcast.com or click the link in the description to pick out your next gear and become the mycelium. Uh, yeah, I mean, they kind of coincide for sure. Um, these are both like egotistic, grandiose endeavors. And for myself, I want to do them not that way. Um, but they're both storytelling. Um, <laughs> and music kind of happened in between auditions. But sure. it was rewarding in itself. Like acting's really cool because you can't do it alone. When I first started acting, I thought it was all internal and it was uh, conjuring the emotions. But as I matured in the craft a little, I realized it was actually more about like the human connection and being in the moment with the person. Um, and music is kind of allowed to be a little bit more intrinsic if it's a solo project like everything is connected is um it's a very intrinsic thing because it doesn't need anyone else so as i got deeper into that i wanted other people to be a part of it so i definitely picked up collabing a bit more um you know i have an online friend who i i've made numerous songs with his old name uh, Music-wise, was Snoop, but he's recently gone under a brand change as Ramzan, and his name's Lando. Uh, this dude and I chat like every week, and he'll send me tracks, and you know, I'll just kind of see where they go. I, I feel like sound, when you have a tool like a digital audio workspace, becomes as moldable as clay, and you just kind of get this thing, and you get to see what shape it becomes. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I know I've told you this before, but I just want to recommend to my listeners as well that your music is really awesome. Um, my favorite one, I don't know how to pronounce it because it's like... Hey, we're not. I use Google Translate. I don't even know what it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the one with like the flute with J, uh, John Michael or J. Michael. Oh, yeah, I found that dude on Fiverr. Uh, definitely give his actual work a listen. He's really talented. All right, cool, cool. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna put a link in the description for all of our listeners to check out your music. Um, cool. do you have any like current songs that you're working on or anything you want to talk about with music? Um, so how it happens is I'll, I'll give you the spiel. Uh, so I'm working towards a thousand songs, and this has been going on for about five years. It kind of started accidentally, but then the goal kind of came in mind. Was like why can't I do that? Um, so I've been doing it. And the thing with it is I'm, I let out my good, my bad and my ugly, and there's no time it has to take, you know, like it's kind of, uh, me and my girlfriend always are talking about the progress narrative. Like you always got to improve. You always get, got to get better. You always have to make more, you know, like very kind of, uh, capitalistic ideals there. Um, and, it definitely is very progress oriented that project, but I try to not like stress when it gets done 
just to keep it fresh. You know, it's kind of like the the breath out needs the breath in. So I didn't really make anything this weekend, but I'm sure I'll make something like during this week or next weekend. I mean, I probably play guitar about every day and I'll always thinking about it, but it's just a matter of like when I sit down and when it, you know, feels ready to cook. Yeah. And it seems like a very genuine endeavor for you. Cause I know we were talking previously and you were talking about how like for you, it's not about the views or the approval or the clout. It's about the genuine art behind it and sharing it with people. So I really appreciate that from you. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Um, exploration's awesome. I was raised by an artist and, you know, I'm sure that has a, an amount to do with my pretentiousness, but you know, I find peace in it and I'm very happy with it. Uh, and you know, I, I'm sure it's probably a little self-indulgent. Uh, I, I listen to my own music a lot, uh, but I, to me, that's like how I can kind of figure where it's going next. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Uh, uh, do, do you do like any forms of art or how'd you get into the podcast? I'd like to hear a little bit about you. Uh, I've been on one other podcast and what I feel like I didn't do enough was ask the interviewer questions too. So one of my intentions this time around is to kind of do that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, most of the art I do is just podcasting. Um, I love listening to music, but I've never really been like a musician myself. Yeah. Um, I started my podcast last, I think it was end of October, end of last October. And, you know, basically what, com- what compelled me to start it is just, um, you know, I really like, highlighting everyday people i feel like especially in the u.s we have like this huge obsession with like celebrities mm-hmm. politicians elitists basically and i feel yeah. like you know the common people kind of get crowded out and i felt like i had always believed that and i'd always seen it but i felt like with the onset of the pandemic it really put that into focus for me mm-hmm. and so it just kind of like drove my passion for it further And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to start interviewing people. So, you know, I started reaching out to like old friends and family. And then it was kind of it. I've had a really good experience with it. Like, you know, I did have to learn how to do audio editing, Mm. which did take a while because, again, I've never really been into that. But I feel like it came very easy. And then, like, you know, it's been a really good networking opportunity, too, because when I interview my friends or family, like it's a good way for us to kind of like reconnect and give us a reason to when, you know, we might otherwise forget. And then a lot of times what will happen is like, they'll recommend another guest for me. And then that person will recommend a guest. So like, I'm always, I always have people I can talk to. So it's, it's been a really good experience for me, to be honest. That's super Some cool. Some people say that they, it's like stressful. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm happy as hell with this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'll meet some people both in acting and music that are really stressed out by it. And, you know, don't get me wrong. If I have like uh, three pages, uh, three days to do a multi-page, multi-paragraph audition, I have to get all those lines in. And if like the only reader I have available graciously uh is my partner Jackie um and she's she's really dope she's an anthropologist uh but um you know I if it's not how I want it to be then I'm business mode and I feel like my friends don't always see me in business mode um and it can be very like you know quick honestly very just kind of cut to the chase like no humor very dry just like I want to get this done 
Um, but not a bad thing. Just like, you know, focusing on the work sometimes entails some focus. For sure. For sure. Um, more like if you're in the zone making a song, you know, it's, it's very meditative. So a lot of people like to collaborate in person for music. And I like that experience, but honestly, I like the trust of either giving someone some sound files and allowing them to do absolutely anything with it, or, you know, the same honor being given to me. Um, then like kind of being in a room with a bunch of people where there's like micromanaging and, you know, you just got to like trust people to do what they're there to do. Something. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up too. Cause like, you know, on a similar note with podcasting, especially with like the onset of the pandemic, you know, a lot of the interviews do have to be remote. And so it definitely is a different dynamic when you're, you know, sitting across from that person doing a podcast. Um, it, I feel like, you know, doing virtually, that's something I've gotten a lot better at. It's, it's, it's almost like an etiquette, just like with any other kind of conversation, you know, there there definitely is a etiquette to it. Um, and it's interesting too, because I mean, we're in very different places. You're in what, uh, Minnesota. Yep. Minneapolis. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. And I'm out here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and yet sonically we're right here together. Right. Um, you know, it's a, it's a virtual (laughs) space is what it is. Um, it's about as much of a space as if we were playing a video game together or maybe looking at a piece of art and acknowledging it as a space. Uh, you know, it's definitely abstract, but on some level we're here together. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Perfect. Well, that was pretty much all that I had. Was there anything else that you wanted to share with my listeners or anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up? Uh, you know, uh, maybe just judge in the creative realm, judge your work less and be patient and see what shape it can take. Um, because the ideas we have can be really big and grand, but sometimes we miss the really simple things and by missing those simple things i think we're kind of missing like the bulk of life and you know our expectations can kind of lead us astray from what there really is in front of us awesome appreciate that cool well appreciate those last words and i appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast i know you have a busy schedule so Oh, hardly today. I'm just playing video games, reading, and probably going to make a song. (laughs) Nice. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, man. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the show and had fun while learning more from everyday people just like yourselves. To support us and help us spread these stories even further, please consider giving us a review or rating on whichever platform you're streaming from. There will be links in the description box just in case you can't find it. And for more news and all things everyday people, join our newsletter by going to our website. By joining, you'll also gain exclusive offers and discounts on Illuminating Mycelium merchandise and apparel from our store. Just go to IlluminatingMyceliumPodcast.com or click the link in the description and become the Mycelium.